Welcome to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, Frank Zelena. Today is episode zero. First time ever doing a podcast, anything of that sort. So I'm excited for this journey. Going to kind of show you the ins and outs of uh, how this whole project got developed, the direction I want it to go. And I think it's important for you guys to get a little bit of a background on me. We could grow together throughout this, this entire thing. Starting out from the valley, I'm a farm kid. Family grows onions. Didn't have, uh, you know, the most summer camp of summers or the, the go to all the birthday parties type childhood. Knew that working in the onions was all I knew. Uh, I love playing sports and I did what I had to do, but I was, I was, uh, I was, a, I was a true and true farm kid growing up and I didn't even realize it. It's just, it's just kind of all I knew. My dad pushed me and I hated it at the time, but I loved him for it. Had days that, you know, I, you're, you're an 11 year old kid doing things with a bunch of grown ass men around you, at farm labor. And it's hot. It's hot. I mean, it gets 110 out here in the central Valley and you, you got a, it's fight or flight at a young age where your dad sometimes would drop you off and you got to work. You're, you, if you don't get the job done, no one will. And I think that's one thing that I kept with me throughout my character of my life so far where I find a way, always find a way. That's, that's something that it doesn't matter what you do. You have to find a way in any journey that comes at you. You have to grit your teeth and just get the job done. You know, I had a specific day that I think I like to call calloused my mind where we were moving sprinkler pipes. It was for anybody who's never moved a sprinkler pipe. It's a pretty much a dirt field, half a mile long. There's a sprinkler pipe. Each sprinkler pipe weighs 45 pounds empty. They're about 45 feet long and they are hot. They are made out of, I think, some sort of an aluminum. I don't know exactly, but you don't got gloves on. At least I didn't because I was a dumbass 11-year-old trying to be macho. Water's running, you're sinking in the mud, and you got to go. You're, you're, you're racing water. It's, you're moving at about 20 yards there and back, and you're racing against water, essentially. If you get too behind in this, you flood the field, and it is not a good scenario for you because you're going to be sinking in mud, and your dad's going to want to, you know, he's not going to be too happy with you. Let's put it that way. Anyways, being completely solo in a situation like that at a young age, uh, it's honestly one of the things I reflect on. It's a, it's, it's a mental mirror that I look back on is, man, I found a way and got through that day as an 11-year-old, which to my listeners, you're probably saying, who gives a shit? But it's something where when you're, you know, eventually down the line, we'll talk about it, but when you're playing Division One college football and, the, and a coach is grilling your ass, you, I would look back on a, a situation or a, a time like that specifically where I said, hey, I could get through this run. I could lift this. I could do that extra sled. I'll break... I'll, I'll break whatever bone I need to, to get the job done because that's just the, the will and grit and deep down heart that I got engraved in me at that young age of 11 working on the farm. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely taught me how not to fold and how to find a way through that. I'd applied it through athletics. I carried a chip on my shoulder. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm five, eight, who knows how much I weighed at the time, but I found my way attracting towards greedy situations. Growing up, running track, I would do the 400 and the 800, not because I was a great sprinter. It's because I wasn't fast enough to win the 100 and I wasn't 
conditioned enough to win the 1500, but I could sprint the 400. I found myself doing stupid things like that just because everyone else would die out in that type of situation. Obviously, eventually that runs out, but it's, it, it was my edge. And I tried to keep that edge and keep that edge and keep that edge. Um, like I said, farm life calloused my mind to just pretty much not be a bitch. And uh, I, again, I hated it at a younger age, but I loved it at the same time. And I knew it would make me stronger. And I tell my brothers who are doing big things right now, embrace it. Embrace that grind. Not everybody can do it. I, if anybody ever wanted to do it, I would totally love to show them the ropes and be like, hey, this is the day and what we need to do. You don't have a choice. We got to get after it today. So farm life rolled into, you know, had a high school career. It was cool. Blah, blah, blah. Eventually, I, college is coming around and I get a walk-on opportunity to play at Fresno State, which was my personal number one. I always wanted to play for the dogs, play for the Valley. It's, it was a dream come true for me. I just needed a shot. I was five foot eight, 146 pounds as a white boy slot receiver my first day at Fresno State. I didn't know what to expect. I was just happy to be there the first week or so. Eventually, your competitive edge moves in and uh, you start setting goals and the older guys gravitate towards you or against you. You, you got to prove yourself and get some sort of respect from the older guys. And again, that was me just staying quiet, wanting to hustle and shake people's hands and, and, and uh, introduce myself and, and be a good football player, a good teammate, a good man, not just a receiver. When you're playing football at a college level or an NFL level, you don't really think about special teams when you first get there. But I found that to be a home of mine very early on. There's 110 guys on a field, on the team, I'm sorry. 11 are on the field at once. Again, I wasn't a scholarship guy, so that's already a disadvantage, I guess you would call it. They, they treated you a little bit differently. And they, when you travel on an away game, they usually take about 58 guys. So I needed to find a way to get on what we call the bus. Sure enough, next thing I know, I'm still a wide receiver, but I'm trying, I'm, tr I'm giving everything I got to get on one of these special teams to get on the field. Because you just want to get on the field. You put so much time, so much effort. I know fall camp's coming up for all the college boys. And it's, fall camp is a, you're there all day. You get there when it's dark. You leave when it's dark. You eat the same food every other day. It is hell. Anyways, I wanted to find my niche and it turned out to be special teams. I hustled, I hustled, I hustled. I sat in the front of the room. I took diligent notes. I learned how to be coachable in any possible situation. And I, uh, I, I just embraced that role. And I wanted to be a team guy. I wanted to set the tempo. And I believe you can't be an example unless you do it yourself. So I just kind of looked at the older guys, took it every, every criticism I got with a grain of salt and developed my own formula. I don't know if it works for everybody, but it worked for me. Essentially, all it was was show up every day on time, take diligent notes, work your absolute ass off in practice, give extreme effort. And at the end of the day, you have to be willing to sacrifice your body in a football destructive. Now, my point is in all that, I mentally trained my mind to essentially black out. Anybody who's ever been on a kickoff or a kickoff return team at any level, but the higher you go, the, the more difficult it is. It's, it's a very hard team. It's a very hard task to be on. And it's a role that I eventually got towards. I was mainly a punt return guy um, coming off the edge, but I, 
had to do whatever I had to do to get on the field, like I said. Not to get too much in depth in that, but essentially, I trained my mind more than I ever thought I would. You know, like I said, you're 5'8", you're probably 150s at this point. You're not the biggest dude and you got a guy snarling at you on kickoff return or punt return to go make a tackle or do something. You got to use all your might, all your leverage, all your smarts. Again, the game is 90% mental, 10% physical, but you have to know your assignment because if you mess it up as a walk-on, you're not going to get your shot again. You, you have to take advantage of every situation. And I've been on both ends of that stick. So I had took so many life lessons through Fresno State football, met some of the best guys in the world, built some connections, networked, did whatever I could, wanted to get good grades, just tried to squeeze every single ounce of juice out of that situation possible, which led me into my next kind of journey. You know, uh, I'm a senior at Fresno State at the time, and they have a meeting for all the seniors. I walk into it. My buddy, Michael Walker, was next to me. I sat down. The guy's talking about, you know, if you want to be eligible to go to the NFL, blah, blah, blah. I walked right out. And you could ask Mike. I never in my entire life had any dream of going to the NFL. I, I, I never really thought I could, obviously. But at the end of the day, I just thought college football was the most electrifying thing on planet Earth. And I wanted to be a part of it. And if I could do it in front of my, fin- my friends and family at Fresno State, then that's a dream come true. So... I'm a senior and I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I took a class at Fresno state called the history of the Olympic games and a teacher recommended this was during, I forget which Olympics, I think 2018 Olympics, winter Olympics. He recommends to all the football players in the room. Hey, the bobsled guys are always looking for athletes. You guys should, you guys should always look into it. I try to recommend it. Well, I kept that in the back of my head, loving the movie cool runnings with the Jamaican guys and uh, I eventually did a tryout. I flew to Park City, Utah by myself, not knowing anything. Did a little tryout. Kind of got an itch for it. And next thing I know, a couple of emails later, a couple of coordinations later, I move into Park City, Utah, two weeks after my last college football game ever, to train essentially to become a what they call a skeleton athlete. Now, for those of you who don't know, and I don't know, until I did know skeleton is just like the bobsled, but you go head first by yourself with no brakes. It's essentially a metal boogie board and trying to learn a sport that you have nothing, you know, nothing about is very difficult. And it's unlike football in a sense. You don't, uh, you know, you, you don't get to go in football. You go to pop Warner and then you're in eighth grade, then you have freshman ball, then JV ball, then varsity, then college, then the NFL. This is kind of, hey, you know what? You made it through speed school. You could slide, and you're sliding against people who have been to the Olympics, Team USA, to the through, to the T, big dogs right off the bat, veterans. And you're the youngest one. I was 23 at the time, youngest one by far. Um, it, it, it's very, very intimidating and way out of my element, especially considering it here in Fresno, California, we have no snow whatsoever. Shit, we're lucky to have rain. Anyways, what I want to get to in that is it brought me back to my point when I was a little kid in that onion field, moving the sprinkler pipes, having to mentally go over another obstacle. That point in football where I had to mentally block out 
to be willing to sacrifice my body to be on a special teams play because that's what it took. And I wanted to take pride in that. I take pride in everything that I do. I take pride in Fresno. I take pride in my last name. I take, I take, I want to, I want to do everything to the best of my abilities, you know, control the controllable. So now I'm living in Utah. I'm on this whole new journey. I know nothing about it. In the skeleton sport, nobody supports you. There, you're not, your team's not sponsored by this, that, or the other. And I wasn't used to, I was so used to college football where you got a different care package every week and a free meal, every meal because of this, that, and the other. And it, it's, it was totally different, total culture shock. It was cold as hell. I had not many friends out there and I'm doing a sport at a level competing with people who are going to be in these upcoming 22, 2022 Olympics. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I put my head down and I went and you're going 80 miles an hour head first. And when you crash, you don't hit, you know, a, a, a pad or anything like that. You're running, you're slamming into a cement wall with ice. It, it is a very painful thing. I've taken hits from that that I, I've never taken before. And that I've played a long football career. It's basically like getting in a car accident twice a day and you signed up for it. Why? You know, someone said, if you could have a, if you have a rat's ass chance in making it to the Olympics someday, then that's not a bad deal. And I want to tell you guys right now, those Olympians, the Olympics are on right now. They dedicate so much time and so much effort and just the, the sacrifices they have to make to get to the Olympics. It's, they talk about the Super Bowls every year. Well, you only get to go to the Olympics once every four years. That is a hard, 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 long thing to do. I mean, think back in your life four years ago and where you were at, what you were doing. Imagine training from this day four years back just for a moment. For some people, who knows? It could be, you could trip, you could fall, you could get, I mean, guys are getting COVID and not even making the Olympics. I'd be heartbroken, absolutely destroyed. It's a very emotional thing and people dedicate their lives to it. And I, I, I'm lucky enough and I'm blessed enough to where I got to be a part of some good things. I got to train with Team USA and I got to make friends with people who have been Olympians from both our country and other countries and build relationships through that. And it's been a hell of an experience. With that, I learned a lot. I learned about a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what type of man I want to be, what kind of future I want to have. I tried to define what successful things mean because, you know, when you're an athlete and this is a podcast that's going to have athletes on it. When you're an athlete, all you're told your entire life is sports are eventually going to end. Football is going to end someday. You get told it a hundred times your whole career. And that day does eventually come. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where I personally am in a situation and anybody who else has played sports probably has the same situation where you got friends that go one way or the other. You got a friend that either is accelerated off of it they're networking, they're hustling, they're wanting to be involved in business and make deals and shake hands and dabble in this and dabble in that. Then you got friends who that structure is out of their life now. They don't have the, I have to be at practice at 6 a.m. I have to be at that meeting at 9 a.m. and bring my notebook. They don't have that in their life anymore. So it becomes this wishy-washy thing to where they, they don't know what to do. They fall into this trap. It, it's, it's not uncommon and I think that it's, it's a situation that could be avoided, but it also takes some discipline. And being disciplined is one of the hardest things to do as an adult. Because being an adult, 
I'm not going to say it's not, it, it's easy. It's not easy at all, but you can control a lot of the controllables. We choose not to. I'm trying to make it now to where I'm doing this transition from sports to adult life as a man. Eventually, someday I'm going to, I want to be a father. Someday I want to be a husband. I want to do all these things and I want to be the best version of myself I could possibly be. And if you're not chasing greatness, then I don't know if this pod is for you. I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to keep it fun. We're going to be sipping on some sort of a, a whiskey or beer or whatever that week is. I want to keep it casual. I'm a fun person. I like to shoot the shit and have a good time. But I want to have athletes on this podcast that are chasing greatness outside of sports. I want to have elite people who, everyone who's listening to this, we've watched on TV. We've drafted them on our fantasy teams. We buy their jerseys. We cheer for them in big games. Those people that are just numbers or stats to the outside world, I want to have them on and I want them to talk about what they're doing as human beings, how they're chasing greatness. How are they pursuing business and how are they making moves, investing, or how are they becoming a better father or husband, like I said? What principles, what traits, whatever, are they taking from their experience playing sports and applying to being an elite human? You made it through sports, okay? A lot of it was based off athletic ability and and an elite mindset. Now that sports are over, or maybe you're just out of season because you do have a life out of season as well, what are you doing to be great? What can our audience take from you? These are just things that I just want to discuss. I want to have a conversation. These are not, I'm not going to sit here with a notepad and interview you like some square. I just want to freaking talk about it. I want to just know and pick your brain and see where your head's at. And maybe some people are more invested than others. Maybe some people are more motivated to be great than others. Maybe some people are trying to better themselves more than others. That's fine. I'm not ever going to hate on someone that's trying to be the best version of themselves they could possibly be. Everyone starts somewhere. I was talking to one of my buddies a few days ago. This is a sad stat, but I probably didn't read a book from sixth grade till, you know, the end of college. I don't even know. I just, when sports consume your life, you do the bare minimum, but you don't read to better yourself. You're so tired. You just go to bed. That's just how it is when you're younger. I hit a wave about last November where I said, shit, I want to start learning about things that I didn't learn in school. I I see these people making money, doing other things. How do I get involved in that? How do I learn about that? And I think finding a couple of mentors, finding a few books, listening to books, going to conferences, looking, taking an online course, Shit, YouTube, I mean, following the right Instagram accounts at this point. That's that's the point we're at in life. Like, I'm just thriving to be great, trying to better myself. And I think there's, as a 24-year-old kid who's trying his best to become as much of a man as possible, as fast as possible, and do the right thing along the way, I think I'm in a significant point where I have friends throughout the NFL, Division One sports, the NBA, Olympic-bound, And then I also have a lot of networking opportunities and networks that I have met through myself, throughout sports, and just through my family and friends where they have businesses. They've already been through this journey. They they give their two cents and they're wise about things. It's a situation where I want people to learn and have fun doing it. The bring the juice itself, that phrase, you know, it started at Fresno State in the weight room. 
it's a situation where the energy is a little low and you got to, you got to get it going. You have to get it going. You don't have a choice. The same way I didn't have a choice to move that sprinkler pipe when I was a little kid, or I had to get on special teams if I wanted to get on the field as a Fresno State football player, or you're at the top of the skeleton hill and you know you're about to get into a car accident, but if you're going to work on something, you're going to get 1% better every time doing it. That's bringing the juice. That's getting your piss hot enough to go and get the job done. Grit your teeth, get it going, get your piss hot and go. So bringing the juice, it applies in all situations. In sports, it's easy. It's, 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 it's that deep moment reflecting on that mental mirror image of what calloused your mind. Something happens, something calloused your mind. I want to know what these athletes, I want to know what calloused their mind, what they reflect on when times are tough. When you have your dark days, when you're, you know, gripping the steering wheel a little too hard because it gets, it grinds your gears or you're in the shower and all of a sudden you're taking a cold shower just because you're a little too pissed off. And if you don't have that darkness in you, that calloused mind mindset, maybe it hasn't hit you yet. Maybe something's coming. I wish everybody on this nothing but the best, but everyone's got that deep, deep, deep feeling that just gets them going. It ignites a flame. It, it, it's something that you got to dig deep for and reflect on. But when times are tough, you could go a long ways with it. So bring the juice is definitely a mindset. You know, when you, when you walk into an office space and, and things are a little slow, you want to be that positive spark plug that gets your whole business going. You have to. And if it's not you, then who's it going to be? If not now, then when? You got to. You know, we're like trees, we're either living or we're dying. George Helmuth told me that a few days ago. One of my really good buddies, he'll be on episode one of the podcast. I couldn't agree more. Iron sharpens iron. I mean, there's 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 so many things that I reflect on daily that makes me want to do a few things. Surround myself around good people. It makes me want to invest my mind into being the best version of myself I could be. You know, Rocky. I watched Rocky a few weeks ago. You got to eat lightning and crap thunder. What else do you want? I mean, if a guy walked into your office and you're a business owner, he shakes your hand, looks you in the eye, says, sir, I'd like a job. I will show up to work every day on time. I will come prepared. I will listen, be a team player and do whatever I could do to make your business better. You're going to hire that guy on the spot. I don't care who you are. There is not enough people in the world like that. And that's controlling the controllables right there. You know, bringing the juice, it's just a tool in your toolbox where if you don't feel like you're doing something elite, you could dig a little deeper and bring the juice and it will make, it, it, it'll spark that plug to make it happen. So the podcast came about like this. I kind of want to shift into that. The end of my skeleton career, not even the end, just the way my last season ended. Obviously there's no snow right now, so I'm in the off season. But the, my last season ended like this. I was set to go to Lake Placid to compete. And uh, a week before I was training, felt something in my calf. Kind of sucked. Was sprinting. Felt a tweak. Nothing crazy. Kept going. Talked to my doctor. You know, we kind of played with it a little bit. Put a compression sleeve on. Threw my icy hot on. All that good stuff. Got it real warmed up. Kept going. One day, my parents are in town to watch me race. I'm limping a little bit, powering through it. We go to dinner the next that that same night, and you know my mom's like, "What's wrong, Frank? Like something's wrong." And I know my body. I've broken my jaw. I've torn my hamstrings up, and I've I, I've I've I know what it feels like when you're hurt or you're injured. And I didn't know which one this was. It was just messed up. 
So I go home. Next morning, I wake up. I fall out of bed. And I go to the hospital. I said, you know what? Something's wrong. I got a pretty high pain tolerance. And I don't know what the hell the deal is. About 15, 16 hours later in the ER, they find out I have a big-ass blood clot in my in my calf. Super weird for considering how health, healthy I am, being the athlete and in shape. And they're just like, I don't know. I have a few skeleton athletes, um, people from my sport that have had similar injuries in their own their own situation, but it scared the crap out of me. And one thing that you can't have happen when you have a blood clot is take a hit, which like I mentioned earlier, I get basically in a car accident twice a day. So that limited me on the whole skeleton thing. I got super, super sad. Things were finally starting to look good. I was, I was gaining momentum. I was getting good, getting some recognition. My times were down. I was getting more comfortable. And then this kind of just punched me in the face. And I was just, I, I went into a low point. Um, luckily though, my training of training my mind mentally, having to black out and just finding a way that inner bring in the juice, it made me say, quit being soft as shit and figure something out. So I started working more and more and more and more and more. I began getting a taste of what it was like to make money. And I became hungry and hungry and hungry. And I would look out to the guys my age that I knew were doing successful, whether it be in real estate, um, selling something, you know, selling legal things, not selling anything bad, just doing well in the stock market. Just even if they're just looking the part, they were ahead of me at that point because I wasn't reading. I wasn't doing anything. I was just kind of ha- one foot in, one foot out, still trying to be the athlete, still trying to make it. And I hit a point where I said, I need to get my shit together. So I started reading a book about the stock market, made a Robin Hood account, and just so happened to be the week that GameStop blew up. So I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on my high horse thinking the stock market's super fun. I mean, call it beginner's luck. Off that, I went into Dogecoin and that was really fun and still is pretty fun. And pretty much that hunger just kept growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And I, and, and I just, I wanted to just keep bettering myself. So I started reading books, listening to audibles, listening to other people's podcasts about what it takes to be great, finding mentors, looking at role models, just obsessed, couldn't sleep, thinking of inventions, ways I can make money and better myself. Um, I, I, I got a binder, have this binder. I'm a big binder guy, I guess. Got this binder and just wrote down every single idea I had in my mind that could potentially work. Reached out to people, did all kinds of stuff. You know, I was, I was doing whatever I had to do. I started a personal training business. I'm not a personal trainer, but I know what it takes to be great. And it's all a mindset. I was helping people do it. People loved it. I had great results off of it. I taught at F45. F45 is kind of like an orange theory. Built a community there. And I, I built some great connections throughout that journey. Helped people dig deeper. Taught them some things that I think they didn't know they were capable of. Mindset things. Like I said, I, a push-up is a push-up. But shit, sometimes your perspective is a little different. I started vibing off of it. I started embracing the role. Anyways, I get a phone call, basically, me being the oldest son, the oldest grandson, the oldest cousin, whatever you want to call it, the family business, the farm, the onion farm, it was time for me to come home and start working on it. I was planning on doing so anyways, but I had to take a little bit more of a serious role. It wasn't just 
hey, the youngster's coming in. He's going to learn the ropes. It was more of, hey, Frank, you got to come in. You got to pull some weight right now. We need you. We need you to produce for us. We need you to get make something better. We need fresh ideas. We need fresh meat. We need fresh blood. We need someone to bring the juice. We need to get the the, the vibe up, the positivity up, and, and just keep it rolling. Like I said earlier, bringing the juice every day, it's contagious. People have that aren't usually in good moods or in better moods. You know, people want to do their job with more attention to detail. Effort is contagious. I start working at Delana Farms where we're farming onions. I get told a weekend, hey, we have some onions down south, right above the border near like El Centro, Mexicali area. And someone's got to go down there. We're real short on labor this year. And I had to go basically just help out the situation. Well, for people who've never been to El Centro, there's not much there. And our onion field was about 45 minutes from that. I, I basically lived out of a hotel for 22 days in a row. I woke up at 10 a.m., worked from 1 p.m. to about 3 a.m., stayed in the same hotel room for that whole time. Only one Mexican restaurant, and one in and out. That's all there was. So that's what I did. I actually, I take that back. I drove 45 minutes one time to a Chili's and uh, I went to a famous Dave's kind of far away as well. But that's about it. I mean, it was, it was, it was confinement. I was completely by myself. Um, I'm not very good at speaking Spanish yet. So I didn't get to talk to very many human beings and my hours were all messed up. It sucked. It freaking sucked. And I said, you know what? I'm mentally going to black out again. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is going to callous my mind even more. I've already done skeleton. I've already played football. I've already moved those sprinkler pipes as a younger kid. Shit. I could do this. No problem. It started wearing on me a little bit, eating the same thing every single day. It starts kicking your ass a little bit. All I wore was Carhartt shirts, Wrangler jeans, and my boots for those all 22 days. I went to a laundromat a few times. But, you know, doing that, I'd reach out to my friends. And I'm in a very lucky situation. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed as hell where I have a great family and I have great friends. And every, my mom always reminds me that I have great friends and a lot of them. And a great and friend groups. You know, I have a great group of buddies from high school. I have multiple groups of friends from my career at Fresno State. And then I got multiple groups of friends through my journeys outside, my outside experiences. And I just think I'm in a unique situation where I, have a, I could have this microphone, have the right guests on, have the right outside networks, and maybe we could grow together as a Bring the Jews podcast nation. So as I'm in El Centro, I bring my binder of inventions and things I could do and this, that, or the other. And I got some people that are just telling me, you know what, Frank, you'd be, you should talk about this. Like you're, you're so hungry, so motivated to be great right now. You're, you want to go a million miles an hour and you got a good flow. You should just do, you'd roll with it, man. Just go with it. So I said, shit, I'm going to make this podcast. Why not? I, I want to write a book eventually. I don't know what about. I just think it'd be a good idea. Why not, right? So I'm in El Centro and I start writing about this podcast. I just, I just want to work my ass off and along the way, have people that want to grow with me. I'm reading these books. You know, I'm reaching out to mentors. I'm doing what I could do. I just want to be great. That's really all it comes down to. I want to be great and I want my principles, my foundation, my character from what I did throughout my farm life but mainly my athletic life 
to reflect on that. I want those principles of how hard it was to be a college football player. I take those things that I learned that bettered myself there and I apply them now to my day-to-day life as a human being, working his ass off. And it's, it's the same thing. Instead of going to football practice, I go farm onions in the morning now. But it's the same thing. And at the end of the day, all I want to do is be successful. And one thing I want to ask a lot of my guests that come on the show is, you know, what's your definition of success? I don't know what it is to everybody. You know, some people it's a boat, some people it's freedom, it's travel, it's, they just want to eat food. But I think I I break it down into three bullet points and everyone I would say is generally falling in this category. Three bullet points on what defines success for me. I think we all want to be able to take care of ourselves and our loved ones. However that might be, that's just a very broad statement. It's, it's, it's true. Whatever that might be for you and your family. I think we want to live the best life we could possibly live and be the best version of ourselves we could possibly be every day. You want to reach your full potential in this world. Get after it. And then lastly, I think we want to live financially free and have the time to do the things we enjoyed. I don't really know what else to say. You got something you want to do? Shit. You got to make money to do it. One thing that a quote I saw a couple days ago, being poor is hard, being rich is hard, choose your hard. I'm, I mean, it's true. Wealth is a, is a thing that everyone chases and some people put the extra work in, some people don't. Shit, I'm working 80 hour weeks right now and I, I, I'm just in put your head down and go mode. I, I'm, I'm chasing the bag. I'm doing what I can. So this podcast, like I said, I want to have elite athletes on here, guys from all different backgrounds, some girls too. We're going to be keeping it casual as a raw conversation, sipping on whatever we want to sip on that day. And I want to take a piece from each of these people and build, build together. I want to hear what books they like to read. If they have a mentor or a podcast or an event that they recommend, I want to hear about, you know, the dark days. There's guys, I mean, we're going to have some guys in the NFL on this podcast in the upcoming weeks. And I know them personally and their journeys are not easy. Whether that be a kid like me who I'm blessed enough to where my parents are both still alive and they're doing well. And my, my calloused mind came from being a farm kid. Maybe somebody lost a relative or maybe something happened that triggered them forever. Maybe a sickness or an illness or an injury. Injury is a dark place. Guys tear an ACL at the critical part of their year or of the career. Things could change forever. I want to talk about those things. I want to talk about what makes you the person you are. And I want to talk about how you're growing and what you're doing to move forward. Again, I'm not going to tell you what to do. What to do. I'm not going to try to sell you some course or this is the way you need to live your life. I'm just going on and on and on about this. But every day you have to wake up and you have a choice. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. I believe iron sharpens iron. And I believe we each got a fire in us. And sometimes it's lit. Sometimes it's not. So Thursday mornings, bring the juice podcast is going to launch. It's going to be every single Thursday. We're going to have a new episode for you with a new guest every week. I don't know where this, what direction this podcast is going, but I know one thing you got to start somewhere and we're starting today, baby. You miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott said that I'm pretty sure. Just kidding. Wayne Gretzky did. But also Michael Scott said that. Again, want to keep this light. Want to keep this fun. Want to bring the juice. Want to get your piss hot. I just want to, I want to, I want to roll with this. So, 
Again, I'm your host, Frank Delana. Bring the Juice podcast coming to you soon. Drop in. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Bringthejuice.pod. We'll see you Thursday mornings. Don't forget, let's bring the juice, baby.